For George Banks, life was good. It was wonderfully, uneventfully predictable. Hey, Dad, you hear the news? What news? But not for long. Hi, Dad. <laughs> I know what it is. You bought a house, right? Man, I thought you guys were going to have a baby. <laughs> Get out of here. Tell him. I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, you are listening to Don't Be That Guy, <laughs> Black Sequel Remix. This is episode 311. I'm Mark. He's Mike. 311, great band, Mark. I'm original. Uh, we just talked about some 310. Yeah. yeah. Going down, down. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to bring it back up. Ember is the color of our energy this episode. Are we getting these songs mixed up with Sugar Ray songs, perchance? No, those are all three. Okay, right cool. I'm making Sugar Ray, he does. Fly. 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 Just one fly. Yeah. That every morning song, that which might be fun. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. How, that, that doesn't even make sense. What's a handle hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four post bed? What's the handle? Halo. Oh, halo. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner. What does that mean? I think it means like she's an angel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good lyric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poet laureate of. Uh, <laughs> 90s pop rock. <laughs> Mark McGrath. So it's not Handel. Yeah. yeah that makes better sense. Oh, you've, had, you've had it wrong these, all these years. <laughs> Great song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 311, we made it. We made yeah. it this far. What, what, what's the, what's, is there another band that's just numbers that we, that we, we can strive to make it to? I don't know, but I, I, I kind of want to know what 311 means. Like, yeah. What's that about? Is that an area? Co- it's probably an area code, right? Oh, they're, you know what? Probably they're that lame yeah. that it's probably an area Let's code. Let's see. Let's see. Three. I and mean, you know, I'm not gonna look up band name. I'm gonna look up three eleven uh, area code. I bet it's gonna be some California, so- Southern Cal. Oh, it's a fictitious area code. So it's not even a real area code. All right. Well, oh. you know, now you have me intrigued. Three eleven. Three eleven. Band meaning. Uh, let's see. They are from Omaha, Nebraska. All right. Let's see. There's nice a little, nice little city. There's a member named Peanut. There's a member named S.A. What is your band? Pronounce 311. Okay, we don't want to call them 311. Uh, let's see. That's the uh, dial 311 for information. That's 411. In the city of Spokane, it's 311. Oh, is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like I was like going it was like what's what's the four one one. Yeah, I think uh, I think that is like four one one was taken. Let's see history. All right, this is just albums they released. Music. All right, there's a three eleven day, probably in Omaha. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Right. March eleven two thousand three eleven. Oh no, they just celebrate it. They they just celebrate it as their own holiday. Hey, that's cool. Three Eleven Day, yeah. I got. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. No, at all. You know. Yeah, and then they and then they have a cruise. No idea what the that Wikipedia does not tell me what the name Three Eleven is a reference to. Well, it's cool. Uh, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, Three Eleven. Maybe it's like thirty-three is a significant number to them. They're like. 33. Ah, it doesn't work. So, uh, 11. Snopes, when I go to Snopes, uh, someone asked, 
is 311 related to the KKK? Because K is the 11th letter in the alphabet. Oh, shit. This is false. Good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that's not a thing. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, the, the, the band members, they like, to, they like to have have a little fun at fans' expenses. They've come up with several different origins for the band name. Awesome. And I don't think they'll, they're going to tell us. Uh, so here's one. They used to tell people that 3 minutes and 11 seconds was the perfect length for a song. Uh, Not wrong. Uh, 3.11 is the police code for indecent exposure, uh, which is what Aaron Peanut Willis says. Not sure I can confirm that, but uh, like it. I like it. Yeah, he says 3.11 is an Omaha police code for indecent exposure. Uh, one rainy day, Peanut and some friends went skinny dipping. Busted for a 3.11. That Peanut. Yeah, so... He's a wild one. Uh, yeah, I mean... Alright, well, well, we may never know. It's it's an ambiguous thing. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy it's not the KKK. Uh, yeah. Uh, they seem pretty mellow. Yeah, that would, like, that'd be... That's not like, uh, like, hate metal. Yeah. You know, I think hate metal's a thing. What if they were, like, part of the KKK? They just came with these sweet reggae tones. Then, then they're in the wrong organization. <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> they're like, hey, we're we're complex. We like we have many different interests: hate and reggae. <laughs> Hating people based on the color of their mm-hmm. skin and the sweet two tones of the reggae. Yeah, the reggae two tone. Oh. Uh, well, here we are. Here we are. Three eleven. We made it. What have you been watching? Oh, got some shows. Finished, uh, finished you season two. It's excellent. Yeah. Finished Castle Rock season two. That was badass. It, okay, so should I yeah. continue it? You should continue it. Right. It is badass, and it ends so cool. Um, started on HBO's new show Avenue Five. Two two episodes out. It's like Tell a. Me that. It's by the creators of Veep, I okay. believe. So it's, it's got those one-liner. It hits yeah. you with those one-liners, you, you know. Um, it's a. It's based on a spaceship, and the spaceship is gotten off course. Mm. And there's all these people. It's like a cruise line. It's like a space cruise line. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious. Hilarity ensues. It's got Josh Gad, uh, your the guy, favorite. Yeah, my favorite. The yeah. guy that played House. Um, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie is yeah. in it. Um, David Wallace from The Office. Okay, yeah. He's got a small part. Um, what movie the were guy you watching where David Wallace was like a like a gang member or something? That was... Um, you pointed out to me, you're like, that was David Wallace. That was... I can see the face. I can't think of the movie. Yeah. But I know what you're talking yeah. about. I want... Yeah, I'll have to go back to... You know what? Some listener out there, you you go through the you go through the past episodes. Yeah. Tell us what what David Wallace is. He was like a street tough. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, but no, 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 no. He wasn't street tough. He was a Wayne's World roadie. Oh, he was a roadie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I could just picture him, and yeah. he looks kind of like it. And then it has the guy from Silicon Valley. He was in Silicon Valley, and he was in the Office. 
Um, the oh, that, that guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he's super he's very funny. funny. Super he's, funny. Oh, he's funny in the office. He's funny. So yeah, he, he's he's great. Um, so Avenue Five, I, it has a really good a good promising start to it. Yeah. I, I recommend checking it out. And then uh, Curbing Enthusiasm season ten. I never miss Curb. Larry David's my homie. Um, so damn funny and, and just ridiculous. And then here's the here's the TV show that is really interesting. I watched The Witcher. Okay. On Netflix. Yeah. There's been a lot on the internet a about lot of The talk Witcher. About The Witcher. Based um, on a game, right? Not yeah, a, okay. based on a video game. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the show. There's been a lot of talk about Netflix in general. There's been a lot of talk about the song from the show. Oh. Um, the Witcher is so bad, it's good. It is so fucking crazy and cheesy, I couldn't stop watching it. And I think it's only six or seven episodes. It seemed really short to me. The final episode, really, I feel like the whole first five episodes was one long pilot. Okay. And then you get to the final episode, and you are wanting more so bad. So, And then at the very end of the episode, they say, season two is coming. So it's, it's nice to know we're getting a season two of that. Um so yeah, I recommend watching The Witcher. It's not for everybody, but it is for everybody because it is so bad that it's good and weird and crazy. Um, and the guy that plays The Witcher does this crazy weird accent. Is not, someone is it someone famous? Yeah, he plays Superman. Cavill. Oh, uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah, okay. But his voice, like he does, like he he like channels Christian Bale's Batman hmm. for the voice. I don't know if he talks like that in real life. I've never heard him, heard him talk, but he does this like really grungy, rah, 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 yeah. and it just makes you laugh. Is he British? I have no is clue. Yeah, I have no idea. I just know he's Superman. Yeah, yeah, and The Witcher now. Yeah, he was in uh, the Mission Impossible. I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's awesome in that. I like him. I hear that. That's one of the better ones too. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Fallout. Yeah. And then movie wise, okay, so. I finally got around to watching Hereditary. Yeah. Um, I would love to have a Hereditary podcast. Yeah. I think we could get a solid six to eight episodes on that movie. That movie is a trip. Um, Just wait to watch Midsommar next. So... Can I get... Actually, we should not get into Hereditary. Right. Uh-huh. Do you like it? Do you not like it? I fucking loved it, yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. I love cult stuff. I I love that shit. Um, yeah. I feel like I was... I think I was on board and kind of knew what was going on much sooner than most people. Yeah. Because I got on some subreddits and shit okay. about it. And I'm like... And people are like... This was a revelation. I'm like, no, I knew that going the whole way. Yeah. But maybe it's just my my mind works well. I see those kind of clues. It might be because I've seen the movie months ago, and I don't know what happened. Oh, dude. No. I can't explain to you. But it's like, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, God, who's the who's the mom? And I... And, um, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, she's so great. And I wish it was more... I, I think I would have saw that in a theater had yeah. it been... Uh, more promoted as 
the more mystery type movie than it is than promoted as a straight horror film. Right. You kind of think because it's. I think the commercials it was like haunted little girl. Yeah, and that's not. And it's not even close to being a horror movie. I mean, it's scary. Yeah, but it it's more along the lines to me of um, like a Get Out. Yeah, or an us a thriller. Yeah, it's yeah. a thriller a, with these like a scary thriller. These these subplots mm-hmm. and this cool mystery, um, yeah. and like the whole shit with the grandmother is so yeah. fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, I know we make fun of uh, like subgenres, you know, body horror. It's kind of a punchline. <laughs> yeah, really, you got to come up with something for like like a hereditary because like thriller may not even be the right word. It's just this like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so after I watched it, I remember, I recall you making that, the joke about, oh, watch Redditary, follow up with Midsummer, have a nice little yeah. cozy, cozy Saturday, Yeah, and it was on a Saturday, and I was going to throw on Midsummer like, about an hour later, and then I saw the runtime of that, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. It's that. a long one. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, I can't do that, so I'll hit that next. Um, that one's a trip. So. I, I'm, I thought yeah, that. I'm super stoked to watch that one, too. Um, I rewatched mid-90s. Okay. That's the Jonah Hill directed, Jonah, yeah. written and directed, I think. Uh, that movie's really good. I rewatched it. I don't know why. Yeah. I think the runtime. I'm like, I just want to watch something. I don't want to put too much into it. It's 90 minutes. And it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a comedy. I'd like to re- reiterate that yeah. movie's not. There's some funny shit, but it's not a comedy. It's heavy. It's mm. a fucking heavy movie. Um, oh, I know why I watched it. Because earlier in the day, I watched the documentary Pick It Up. Ska in the 90s. Oh, okay. Awesome documentary. Yeah. It is about the music genre Ska, spelled S-K-A, mm-hmm. in the 90s, at its heyday. They just interview all these bands. There's some fun music, yeah. some cool stories. Great little documentary. So I was in my 90s mood. Um, what better movie than mid-90s? And I love the 90s. Oh, and, and Jane hadn't seen mid-90s either. Yeah. So we like, hey, you want to check Perfect some show, yeah. Um, got out. Uh, got out saw Jojo Rabbit it's everything everyone talks about mm. it's awesome it's fucking funny it's great it's like nice to see something super original yeah uh, and not Avengers you like I just feel like every movie's a fucking Avengers yeah. of some sort it's just there's a lot that aren't but I kept waiting it's just like when so does, when does Red Skull show up fucking Thanos it's just so fucking good yeah um and then uh, I got back on my noir alley. Mm. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Home dinger. Oh, I think you saw the big chill last episode, so. Big sleep. Big sleep, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so you're back in. Literally been a week. You're in the swing of it. Um, this was so fucking cool. Humdinger movie. The movie, so just the uh, the guy who does the the pre stuff, mm. he does this. He does an awesome pre-movie and an awesome post-movie. Um, but the movie is called... Uh, it's got two names, actually. Originally released as The Sound of Fury. Re-released as Try and Get Me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's got uh, Lloyd Bridges, mm-hmm. who plays... He's so awesome, and he plays this cocky fucking criminal um I, I can't remember the other lead's name he's really good but it's a movie about um basically it takes time like during the d- depression and the, and these guys are like sticking up 
uh, grocery stores and stuff, and then um, they do a kidnapping. And it's based on a true story that happened, like a really famous crime that happened in, in uh, I think, Los Angeles a long, long time ago. Um, I think the movie was made in like 53 or something. Holy shit, it's grim. It's like such a grim, like dark movie. I loved it. That's what I watched. Yeah. Sorry. When you tell people, do you have a preferred title? I think you have to say "Try and Get Me." Try, yeah. Because they can find it. I I think it might be harder to find if you if you write "The Sound of Fury," Mm -hmm. um, because they literally retitled it. So, I think "Try and Get Me" sounds like one of those uh, like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where uh, Rick Dalton goes to Italy to make the movies and just like they throw up like the titles. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's and and he explained that like that's what they were going for is. Like, The Sound of Fury was just such a dark title and stuff. Right, yeah. That they wanted to re-release it to more of a mass market. Mm. And that Try and Get Me was more that pulp title yeah. that got people to the Yeah, that's what it was, yeah, very, yeah, pulpy. Yeah. This is detective, like, novel, you know. Yeah, exactly. Quick reads, yeah, Try and Get Me. Yeah. But, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, let me put my list. But if you, if you go to Turner Class Movies on Saturday nights... Mm. And you're looking for Noir Alley, they take the month of February off oh. um, because they do the best pictures. And let's see, so it is what day? It's on Saturday. So last one was last week. Yeah, last week was the last one yeah. until March. Yeah. Because yeah, right. they take the whole month off because they just play Oscar winners. Like yeah. month, previous so. previous Oscar yeah. winners? Yeah. yeah. So might get to see Ben Hur. You hop in, um, you can hop in and see Ben Hur followed up by like the departed or something. Yeah. Nice little Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Uh, let's what do you watch, Mark? Yeah, I, I'm still working my way through the office. I think we're in season six now, so there you go. Grinding. Yeah, that's really the only show I've been watching. I'm trying to think if there's any television I've been watching. My TV watching has really, really kind, of, kind of gone downhill. I just kind of fill it in with sitcoms, you know? Watching Blackish every now and then, but... Uh, so I got some we're movies in. Waiting for that next season of uh, Kim's Convenience. You know? When that drops, yeah, I'll marathon that, <laughs> but... Till then, I, I got no show, like, no bingey show since Jack Ryan, and that was November. So, yeah. Been a, been a bit. A little dry spell. Been a bit, yeah. When, when does Bosch come back? Uh, March? I believe that's a spring release. Uh, yeah, last uh, year it was April, I think. So, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming around the same. All right. Watch the movies, though. Uh, rewatched Heat. There was some uh, fuck yeah about the, Kilmer. Yeah, the Ringer did. Um, they do their rewatchable series, which I which I greatly enjoy, and um, they did Heat. And so I listened to this two hour conversation about Heat, and I was like, I'm going home, I'm watching Heat, and that's what I did, and uh, it's great. And that's a long one. It is a three hour movie. Yeah, I, I went to Best Buy to buy it. So I I actually own Heat. I purchased Heat. Nice. And it's the director's. Uh, it's not called director's cut. I got it right here. It's called. Oh, but it's very tiny. It's called... The, it's called The Director's Definitive Edition. Oh, uh, But the runtime was uh, 250 minutes. I don't know if that was a theatrical release or not. Who directed that? Michael Mann. Michael, Michael, Michael Bay? Michael Mann. Oh, Michael Mann. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, great movie. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's very, very... It's a very macho How movie. How many times it's, have you seen it? Probably... I probably I've only watched it one time through, like in college. Like watched it's so Heat. long. But in nineteen ninety five, I feel like my dad watched Heat a lot, and so I would just like 
catch glimpses of heat. Yeah. I don't know if I ever sat down and just watched heat from the beginning to end, but like there's just a lot of heat, like the bank robbery and like the shootout that occurs. Like I remember that scene and And you're right, that move that's a man's movie. Yeah. You know, that's like I'm gonna watch fucking heat. Yeah. And drink beer. Drink beer. Yeah. Pacino Pacino's just he's do he's doing something. He I I think I don't know if like heat's win, but that's where you just get like Pacino just going for it. Yeah. Right? But he's, uh... Going for it. Yeah. Oh, and he's, uh, interrogating, uh, Hank Azaria's character. He's just like... And he's just yelling, She's got a great ass! <laughs> he's just, he's just always yelling. I was just like, this is... He's great. Damn, uh, that movie's, that movie's cool as hell. Yeah. Just, just, just for the Pacino stuff alone. I, I, I recommend... And Val. If you've never seen Heat, set it. I didn't watch The Irishman. I watched Heat again, so... <laughs> I got three you hours. Push it off the Irishman, Mark. Oh, I want, just don't want to watch it. Since Irishman, it's fucking great, dude. Since it has been available to stream, I've seen What's Upon Time in Hollywood twice and Heat. <laughs> that is nine hours of nine movies. Nine hours of movies that I could have stuck in. I'm gonna watch the Irishman this weekend. I'm, but when we do this episode next, and when you say, "What did you watch?" I'm gonna say the Irishman. <laughs> so I'm gonna be watching on my phone as Mike's talking. <laughs> um. So yeah, watch Heat. It, it, it's great. Nice. It holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel dated, dated either. I, mean, I should I, watch it again. I just love Heist. It's probably like, been 10, 15 yeah. years since I've seen it. I love a good getting the game together, planning, pulling off the job. You know? They, 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 they know the heat's on, but you gotta pull off, you gotta pull off the last job. It's too big, it's too big to too walk big, away from. Yeah. It'll set you up. Set yeah. you up for life. Gotta do it. Uh... I watched a new movie to me. It was on stream on Netflix. Uh, I watched, it's uh, directed by... Uh, Denny Vill... Uh, yeah. The, Fr- the French director, the... Uh, well, I think he's Canadian. He's Montreal. Mm. Uh, from Montreal. Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Enemy. The Jake... Started Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have not seen that one. That's I, a trip movie. I've almost set that one... I've, I've almost yeah. set that one up a few times because I love Jake. Uh... I don't know how much you know about it, but... I don't know it, it, anything. It, okay, so I'm not going to tell you any about the movie other than... It's it, like a twin or a doppelganger. Yeah, it's a doppelganger, yeah. So it's, it's Jake, Gyllenha- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal playing two parts, and um, he's great. I mean, it, it's it's not... Um, you know, because this is the guy who kind of went on to do Sicario. He's got Dune coming up. I think he's kind of a guy... You, you look at his uh, filmography, each movie kind of gets bigger and bigger. This is a very small movie. I think it's a Canadian movie, but... Uh, so it's really just... Jake Gyllenhaal showing off some some acting, but uh, being a fucking badass. Jake Gyllenhaal is a very talented actor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm 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 glad. Oh, well, I guess he was just in Spider Man Homecoming. I was gonna say I'm kind of glad like Prince of Persia, Jake Gyllenhaal didn't really work out because I'm I'm glad he's in movies like uh, like Enemy and Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler and, yeah. is the shit. I am going to watch Enemy now. Yeah. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah. So, enjoyed that. And, quick runtime. I want to say, you know, in an hour, hour 50. Nice. Speed, speeds along quickly. Um, he. Oh, and then I made it up theaters. I also watched Jojo Rabbit. Uh, very much enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. I, so, I, I did, uh, I think a couple episodes ago, I had, I had mentioned that I had made my list of my top 10 favorite movies of 2019 starting in August, because that's when I started keeping my list. Uh, there were a couple movies that came out in 2019 that I didn't see till 2020, so they unfortunately do not qualify for Mark's best list. I'll tell you this much. Uncut Gems, Jojo Rabbit, 
easily would have slopped, sl- sl- slid into like the top five. Yeah. I, I just, I love Jojo Rabbit. It, it's, it's, fun. Just, it's, it's, it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's, it's a very sweet movie. Yeah, I just kind of walked away. I was like, I want to watch it again. And there's some fun, like, there, there's some fun stuff in there for like, like, his, World War II history nerds and stuff, just quips mm. and stuff. Uh, that is fun. Uh, how, how can, it must be directing that makes a child like that, like the kids they had, him and what was his buddy's name, Dory? Uh. Or Jory or something. What was his name? Uh, but, you know, you see so many movies yeah. and, and the, and the kids are just shit. They're just trash. Yes. I mean, movies that star children, I always am a little hesitant going in because if you don't nail the actor... Your movie sucks. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of kid actors. You know, Marriage Story, I think we were... Oh, we might have talked about it off-air. But, um, you know, nominated for Best Picture. And it's not really... A, it's a divorce movie. It's not really about the kid. Which is great, because that kid's a zero. And I was like, man, if this kid was in more scenes, this movie would... He would bring down the quality of the movie simply because he's not a good actor. Yeah. They really got the yeah. right kid and... and, and... I think a direction has to go a long ways for those young actors. Yeah. Like, they got, they got, did he, did the kid get nominated for anything? I don't believe so. That kid was great. He was the, great. Whoever the, 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 the star is, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, that, that kid, that kid was awesome. Uh, I want to see what it, his friend's name is. I thought he had like a funny name. Uh, Yorkie. 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 I heard a rumor, I was listening to a podcast, someone was talking about Jojo Rabbit, that Yorkie is going to be in a, Home Alone remake or reboot or sequel. So, looking forward to that. I can't, I can't make me laugh. I mean, the chubby kids are funny, generally, so, uh, you know, I can see him throwing a brick at a kid, at a guy's head. Uh, we'll see. I don't I mean, maybe a directive, you know, because I think they made like four Home Alones. Yeah. There's a couple directive videos. Disney owns them too, so maybe he's, maybe they're throwing together like a Disney Plus. Disney Plus, Plus yeah, it could be something that just goes yeah. to Disney Plus, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, directed by um, Taika Waititi. Uh, and another movie he did, and maybe he is really good with children, child actors, is uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. There's a, yeah, I've, ne- yeah, I've yeah. never seen that one yet. That's another movie. You know, it stars a, a slightly older kid than what Jojo Rabbit is, but still you know, a 13-year-old kid. And really, if you don't nail that kid, that's a big hang to like hang with like a shitty acting kid. Yeah, I think we talked about it, it might have been pre-movie podcast, but just like how like, I think this is a conversation you and I had maybe on air about Boyhood and just like, I mean, I don't know if Boyhood was, if it's a good movie or not. I just know as that kid grew older, I was like, this kid sucks at acting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. You know what? He, he made his bed. He's like, I'm going to follow this kid for 16 years. I'm going to make a movie. And it's like, ooh, what if he grows into a shitty actor? <laughs> you no longer have Ethan Hawke to, to, to save him. Turns into a shitty actor or just like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's what I watched. Um, three solid movies. I I yeah. enjoyed all three of them. And you know, you, uh, theater, one streaming on Netflix, and you know, he he find it somewhere. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Yeah, you wanted that definitive I, edition though. Yeah, I needed the director's uh, definitive edition. Yeah. Please. You ever watch a movie with director's commentary on? I haven't done that in a long time. When I was in college, I used to really like doing that. Did you? Yeah. I've never been able to like. Do that. I just yeah. can't bring myself to do that. Yeah. 
It's got to be a movie that I had seen a few times and kind of just would throw it on and then just, yeah, kind of watch it as, yeah, the director. I would like to do that with Hereditary. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. That movie is, like, just fucking in my brain. I've been thinking about it is that... every day for at least an hour since I watched it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I heard an uh, interview with Ari Aster, the director, and he, it was right before Midsummer was come, being released, and he's a very interesting dude. Um, but, you know, very... Um, he was a good interview, so I can see a director your commentary with him being very interesting uh, if, if he did one. There used to be some where I remember, like... Uh, they do director's comedy or like comedy ones were always fun like you'd watch the director's comedy but it was just like uh, you know Anchorman is just Will Ferrell making jokes mm. uh, Tropic Thunder has a very funny director's comedy here uh, where Robert Downey Jr. does stay in character until the very end of as he because that's a line in the movie uh, he doesn't turn the character off until uh, director commentary yeah and yeah. so if you watch the Tropic Thunder director commentary he's in character the whole time until the very <laughs> end um I, mean, I can't remember what movie. There was one movie where uh, they got Pauly Shore to do the director commentary, and he wasn't even in the movie. So it was <laughs> Pauly Shore watching the movie for the first time. So that's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 kind of yeah commentary. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, but I don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was just like, oh, I think it was like an okay movie. And they're just like, yeah, Pauly Shore's doing the director commentary. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. Uh, it might have been like, what was that movie? Remember that, um, uh, Rules, Rules of Attraction, that college movie with like um, Rules of Attraction it sounds familiar. Oh God, I can't even anybody who was in it. Uh, but yeah, so you know, there's a movie, and then I think at one point like a girl commits suicide, and Paul was just like, "Oh shit, she like cut herself." <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, very, very, very weird time. Another two thousands director's commentary. Did uh, you watch the Polly Shore commentary? Because like oh, I'm gonna watch the director's commentary. Or you had heard. I think it's a YouTube thing. Oh, okay. Like uh, I don't know, like a, like a Watch Mojo. Like oh, okay. Ten weird director commentary things and oh, Rules of Attraction with um, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek, yeah. The follow up slash prequel to American Psycho. Right. He's related to Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Yes. He's Patrick Bateman's brother. The the, the books are yeah 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 uh, yeah. He's Patrick Bateman's brother. That's okay. right. Yeah. Yeah, so check that movie out. Movie. And I think Pauly Shore does the uh, director. I'm going to Google that while we set up our next. Uh, rules of attraction. Right? Director's commentary. And I'm just going to see... Uh, let's see. Commentary. Yeah, that doesn't tell me anything. All right. Well, maybe it was that one. Paul Short does one. It's fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I watched. Three, three really good movies, and, and we I managed to squeeze two other movies in for this uh, this month's episode. This episode will uh, come out right around February, February third ish around there. So, uh, we're doing movies about love. We're doing. Um, Valentine's Day date movies, perhaps? Oh, yeah, something you can or, watch. Or heartfelt... Oh, we're, doing, we're just going to do a couple rom-coms. couple rom-coms. Uh, we we're just going to do what we want and, and brand it how we want. Yeah, we watched 1995's sequel to 1991's Father of the Bride. We watched Father of the Bride Part 2. Father of the Bride... Uh, Welcome came, number two. 
I. Yeah, and not just Father Bride 2. It's Father Bride Part, part two. 2. Uh, Father of the Bride, uh, coming out in 1991, directed by Charles Shire. stars uh, Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, uh, Kimberly Williams. No, Paisley at, at that point in time. Oh, is that her? Yeah, uh, Kimberly Williams, Paisley. I kind of recognized her, but I'm, I was like, is she from that show? Uh, according to Jim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's from, from... That's her. According to Jim. Uh, let's see. This is the story... Um, Nope, that's Father Bride too. They have very similar posts. So when I uh, keep my notes, uh, I usually keep the movie poster at the top so I know what I'm looking at. Very similar movie posters for these two movies. Uh, Father Bride, it is the movie sorry, uh, C. Martin portrays George Banks, a businessman and owner of athletic shoe company, uh, who finds out his, uh, who, when he finds out his daughter is getting married, does not want to give her away. Um, hijinks ensue. Is this your first time watching Father of the Bride? I don't think so, uh, but it had been so long that it might as well have been. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, rewatching or watching for the first time? Father of the Bride. It is just a run of the mill comedy. Uh, much like it. didn't hate it. Much like body horror or where we're trying to figure out where hereditary is. Maybe this needs a new job because I don't think it's a comedy. I don't think there's anything really funny about it. But it's, it's not a drama. Something very dramatic about it. It's just like a very sweet movie. It's a very vanilla kind of lifetimey movie. There, there are there are some jokes like Martin it Short's is. character is is played for laughs. You know what it is, Mark? Yeah, it's a box of Valentine's Day hearts. That, that's exactly yeah. It is those sugary. They have nice sweet sayings on. It. That's what Father the Bride is. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, it, also, not a romantic movie. No, because it's about the, really about the relationship between the father daughter. Um, but I watched this with my wife. We enjoyed it. Or, it's a nice movie. Yeah, it's just a very nice. It, yeah, it's it's heart shaped candy. Yep. We took it in. We were pleased. We turned it off. I didn't, had I not had to do this for this episode, I wouldn't have thought about it again for another twenty okay. years. You watched Heat, um, and then I, <laughs> well, I, I watched Heat before. <laughs> I watched Heat to get me ready. Oh yeah, yeah. To get me up to the level. <laughs> Um, you knew you had to bring your testosterone level up, yeah, because it was going to be stifled immediately. Yeah, there is a, there is one joke in uh, Father Bride that I always remembered as a kid, which was him taking the hot dog buns out of the package. And even as a kid, I go, "Well, for every three packs of hot dogs you buy, you only have to buy two bags of buns." That's the scheme. You but he was buying them in bulk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. He his was mouth, having a breakdown. I don't know I get his it. mouth, but I get the scheme. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, definitely. Big hot dog. More hot dogs. Big hot dog. Big bread. Got yep. together together. Did buy this out. But him buying it in bulk. Because he was taking... He was buying multiple bags of hot dog buns, but taking four out. And then, even as a child, even as a small child, I go, well, yeah, but for every three things of hot dogs, you buy two bags. Now yeah. you're buying three bags. You've just shorted yourself. 16 buns. Yeah, 12 buns. Yeah. Just just take a second. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, Steve. Do, do a little math. Yeah. Uh, as someone who did, who did plan a wedding, though, uh, I, I don't know how younger me thought of this, but as someone who, who'd gone through the process, there were things that I was just like, ah, oh, I, feel, I feel you, Steve. That 240 I mean, mine was nowhere near $240 per head, but yeah, people where you're like, all right, if you're shut, don't eat. You didn't tell me you were coming. You don't get to eat. <laughs> 
Uh, you brought two guests? Yeah. You suck. Yeah, but, but I was like 30 bucks ahead. And then when I got all those cancellations day of, I was like, you, you people are dead to me. Send the bills. Yeah. <laughs> I should. Yeah, turn, turn, turn around and do invoices. Uh, it, was, it was a big hit uh, for uh, the film company. It's a... Uh, Oh, Touchstone Pictures. I always like a Touchstone film from the 90s. Yeah. I, I love that intro. The nice of the it, blue cool dots. intro. And, yeah. And yeah it's got got a nice, nice splash screen. Mm-hmm. It had a $20 million budget. It uh, grossed $129 million. So, big money there. Uh, December release. Four years later, we get a sequel. Father of the Bride 2. We bring back all the players. Diane Keaton. Steve Martin. Uh, Kimberly Williams is back. Martin Short, he's he's back. B.D. Wong, pre-SVU, he's back. Uh, this time, uh, George is uh, goes through something of a midlife crisis when he finds out that he's going to be a grandfather for the first time. Uh, and then, more news, he's also going to be a dad for the third time. Both wife and daughter pregnant, and he has to navigate through that. Was this your first time watching Father of the Bride Part 2? It was. Yeah. I definitely have not seen 2. Yeah. Let's start. Uh, let's start with the good. What did, what did you enjoy? The positives of Father of the Bride Part Two. Um, it it had great continuity. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it it did feel more like a part two. Yeah, you know, and it's years later. But it did feel like a part two, not just a sequel. Um, I liked that. Um, not a huge Martin Short fan. Mm-hmm. But really fucking loved Martin Short. I I, I enjoyed him in, in yeah. the first one a little, but his part was much smaller. But much smaller. They, they they expanded his role, and there was there was a whole scene that I was laughing. I was losing my mind. It was so funny to me. What was the scene? Because there was one where I was really laughing when he takes the sleeping pills. Oh yeah, I was like just Martin Short. Like, am I moving? Left foot, right foot, left foot. I'm shrieking. Oh, I'm yeah, shrieking. I'm shrieking, yes. Uh, I just was laughing so hard. Really when he's doing, like, the aerobics. Yeah. That's where I was just like, because just the things he's saying. He's like, I don't know you. Get away. <laughs> Get me yeah, they definitely turn his role up, and he brings a lot of the comedy. Bring some attitude. Yeah, yeah, they're doing, like, this cat kick thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely, for, you know, for being a Steve Martin movie, Steve Martin doesn't bring a lot of funny not really compared no. to like you know like the jerk or you know other very stuff. subdued steve martin yeah. uh, he just, but he plays the dad yeah uh i i do like yeah it, it does there is a lot of continuity i i enjoy like part of like just how like delightful the movie is or just like easy going but um i like that his his addressing the camera in the beginning kind of setting up there, he does a voiceover throughout the you know does this narration throughout it all it's, and they continue it through too and it's just it flows very nicely together it, it works like yeah. when i started the the first part and it immediately was like him talking to the camera like yeah. oh shit like i don't want to yeah. deal with this but it, it works yeah i think i think that's the only time he addresses the camera and then after that then it's just all voiceover yeah after that um yeah, yeah. Th- th- these movies really play like um, I don't. So these, uh, it's, we're actually doing a sequel of a remake that was also had a sequel. Uh, so this is uh, based off of uh, a nineteen fifty five movie, I believe. Let me pull up my notes again. Um, a nineteen. Uh, it's, oh, here we go. I got it here. 
boom. What is it? 1950 film called uh, Father of the Bride, which also had a sequel. Uh, I think it was called Father's... I had no something. idea. Yeah, you so... just blew my mind. Yeah, Father of the Bride was a, was a movie from 1950, and then that also got a sequel. So then we did a remake, Father of the Bride, the 1991, which then had a sequel. So we were, okay. yeah, we're doing a sequel of a movie that had a sequel. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it was adapted by a book, but this movie plays like it's adapted from a book. I think I saw it in the credits based on a, based on the book by... Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is from a book. Because he's definitely doing a lot of voiceover of just like explaining his feelings and situation. So Yeah. But it's nice. It's, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it adds some emotion into it. Um... Yeah, there's some confusion to me uh, with part two on how old people are. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, because Steve Martin, I don't know fucking how old he is. Steve Martin's always just he old. He always like looks the 16. same. Like, I don't know how old he is. Yeah. And then in, in, in part one, they're like, oh, we're in our late 40s. And I'm right. like, and, and, you know, Diane Keaton, she looks, doesn't look 40 and... She looks 50. Yeah. He looks like Steve Martin. Yes. In in the original. And then, I, you know, it's movies, it's movies. Then I don't know how fucking old. How old are they when they got pregnant? Oh, you know, so we can actually do some math. So, in the first one, Kimberly Williams is, I believe she is 22. 21 or 22. 21, yeah. That yeah. sounds right. And she says to Diane Keen, you were married at this age and see Martin's like oh different time different time and they go and Diane Keen says we I was actually pregnant Bring it with you so that was 21 and so say she was 21 she's supposed to be 42 so yeah, yeah they're in their early 40s Steve Martin's supposed to be I think he even says he's he's six years older or something like that going on 50 or something I feel like he yeah. said going on so let's say Diane Keen in, in one is 42 and Steve Martin's 45. In the second one, which is five years later, Diane Keaton would be 47. Steve Martin would be 50 years old. And I... So, age-wise, mm-hmm. having kids at that age, I don't think is that unheard of. It's not common. Yeah. But I th- my problem was they just looked way too old. They did. Yeah. Like, Diane Keaton looked in her... I don't know how old Diane Keaton is, but she looked in her 60s and Steve Martin looked like Steve Martin. Yeah. And so that, like, that whole thing, I was just like, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird to me. It drove the story. It was fine. And that was right. part of the story. That was the whole part of the thing. It was like, huh? you having a kid? Yeah. Fuck old. And I'm like, well, when their kid graduates, are they going to be 80? No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. It's uh, so confusing. It is weird. You know, another weird of, like, how old are people supposed to be is, like, uh, uh, Kieran Culkin. And Steve Martin's like, preparing to be like an empty nester and I was like don't you have a 11 year old right. he's he's gonna be with you for the next 7 years <laughs> 10 years like, however old he's supposed to be I mean the first movie he's what 6 or something so I would say like 8 8 okay yeah so 5 years later so he, I mean 13 though he doesn't look like a 13 year old so yeah it's all, he, him planning to be an him like let's sell the house just the two of us. I was like, you gotta fucking... You still got a kid. You have to... Kieran Culkin is the... You know, now he's gonna be a middle child. He's gonna have some... He's gonna be fucked up. Yeah, he's gonna have some issues. Because they clearly... Steve Martin does not give a shit about that kid. <laughs> he, does he play basketball with him? 
I don't think no. I don't get. I didn't get that feeling. No, that, that kid was ever. Well, he did play with him, his buddy. He's him, and his old friend. Oh, okay, that's right. Oh yeah, when they sell the house. Yeah, and then in part one, he, they do play a two on two. Yeah, with uh, the new husband, but yeah, definitely the ages are are very weird. Yeah. Um. There's like, and you know, speaking of age, like the aging of the movie is like. There's just these weird. Uh, plot points in the movie like the, the, these points of um, tension or, or creating uh, you know differences between the people that are like these aren't real conversations like the whole at dinner where they're just like ah we'll just drop the last name and Danny King's like or it could just be Banks it's like that's not a thing that's not a thing anyone that does that is not a real conversation whatsoever you know how marriage works <laughs> that yeah that is that was bizarre yeah the 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 big thing that threw me off, and I think it might be a '90s movie thing. Uh-huh. So, in in, and I think we can talk about them kind of because they are they have good content. Yeah, but we have the theme of Brian's or Ryan. What's his name? Brian. Brian's parents are are rich people. Yes, and they live in a mansion. Yeah. And they go to meet the parents in the first one, mm-hmm. and then in the second one they go to house sit for the for the parents. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Holy shit, man! I could fit my house in this foyer. You fucking live in a mansion, like." And I think it's a '90s movie thing where yeah. all middle class families live in these ginormous, fucking million dollar homes. Yeah. And I'm like, I just hate that. I I hate that. Oh, his parents are so rich. Have you actually fucking seen your house? Have you seen the car you're driving around? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? The fact that, yeah, the money thing was so bizarre in the first one. So, they throw a wedding. I don't know how big the guest list is, but, I mean, at one point, there's so many cars that the police come. Because they, have cars <laughs> on the street. they throw it at the house. So, it's already this giant house where you can fit a couple hundred people in there. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know where they ate. I don't know. But uh, you fit a couple hundred people at $250 a head. And Steve Martin paid for all that. So you're not doing bad. In two, to bring it back to two, when they, when he comes around and is like, okay, we're going to do this. You're going to be pregnant. I'm on board. And he's like, we even started building a nursery suite on the house. I was like, why are you adding an extension <laughs> to this giant ass house? How many bedrooms are in that house? You don't have an extra room? <laughs> It, that that boo, 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 like it's just and it was like there's no it, it wasn't a source of comedy or like uh, danger of construction or like some slapsticky stuff there it was just like it was something that he said yeah and we're throwing on a, a, we, we a Franz talked us into it yeah it was there just to get Steve or Martin Short more more into, into, into the house movie, yeah for him to be there to it's like he couldn't just design the nursery suite right. you, you had open construction of like building on an extension to this giant ass house um yeah what does this movie do better than the first uh to me it is the martin short yeah like i i'm not a huge martin short fan i i like to i like just his his accent just cracks me up i don't know what the accent's supposed to be well i like like he doesn't he never tells you what country he's from yeah and he was and he was he was a much smaller role in the first one and and i laughed but they expand his role for me it was just so funny i don't know i just needed it that day needed that kind of laughter that kind of comedy that physical comedy him and steve martin did in that scene especially when steve martin takes the pills but i just thought it was so funny so i really enjoyed them bringing him more into the movie yeah 
uh, I don't know how I feel about Martin Short. So there's this movie, and I thought he was very funny in it. And then as we're watching it, I turn to my wife, I go, you ever seen a movie called Clifford? She's like, no. It's like, Martin Short's like a 45-year-old man who plays a child. And I think it's bad, but it's really weird. And then the only other movie I could think of was Captain Ron, which I love Captain Ron. He's, yeah, he's awesome. That's all I got. That's, that's, uh, that's all I know about Martin Short. I know, and I always kind of get him mixed up with Dan and Carvey. Oh, yeah. And they're like both just like the, the sidekicks. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, Martin Short's Steve Martin's buddy. Yeah, and his, then, his wild and crazy guy's buddy. And then, yeah. And, or was that Dan Aykroyd? I think it was but Martin, Martin Short Aykroyd. But, but Martin Short is like Steve Martin's. Sidekick. Yeah, I, I know that they tour together. Yeah. Giving like, and that's their shtick is yeah. is Steve Martin's like superstar, yeah. and Martin Short's just the side. Yeah, a, a night of comedy with Steve Martin. Yeah. Martin Short, I, yeah. think so. I think they had it at the casino here. Yeah, a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I I think his European his vague European character is very funny, and it yeah. is the source of comedy in this one. Because uh, I thought it was really really funny. Um, they kept the they kept the voiceover thing going, which yeah. which worked, and um, I I guess I I kind of bummed that they just shipped Brian off, yeah, for half the movie. Yeah, he's just um, gone. I wanted to see him be more interact more with the family. He just uh-huh. they just shipped him off to to for the plot, yep. you know. Uh, but I I thought it would have been better to have like who's more doting on their pregnant wife. Competition between yeah. Brian and, and and what's Steve Martin's name? In George. And George. Yeah. That would have been a funny thing to, for me, but mm. alas, didn't get, didn't get it. Maybe the third one. Yeah. More yeah. Brian. Um, what did you like about Father of the Bride Part Two? Um, I guess that <laughs> lack of Brian. I guess lack of Brian. Yeah. Um, Brian needs his day in the sun, yeah? Yeah, and I, and... Seems like a good guy, smart guy, yeah? Yeah, I think... Does communications? Uh, Kieran Culkin's character could have been explored a little more. Oh. What? How is he feeling about this whole thing? Because it's really, like, he's just this kid. He doesn't even do anything that funny. Yeah. Like, he's not even, a, like, a cool, funny little kid. No. But, like... What he's got some emotions. He's definitely you know, like killing frogs in the backyard while this whole thing's happening. Yeah, I mean he's got this sister that's much older than him. Yeah, that got married just a few years ago, and now she's having a kid, and he's like, "Ah, oh, cool, I'll be an uncle, right? Yeah. Whatever." But then, like, how does he feel about having a a, a, a new brother or sister? Yeah, um, that he's gonna be much older than. Yeah, I mean if he's 12, 13 I, years old, I guess this. Yeah. Yeah, no, more of him would have been nice. Yeah. Um, he does have, uh, there is a lie where Steve Bart's uh, having his meltdown about how he's too old to be a grandpa, which we we're like, no, you're fine. You, you could you, be 40 or 60, we don't know. You look like a guy who, who has grandchildren. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kieran Culkin's character comes in and just goes, I don't have a job, I live with my parents, I think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm right to be an uncle. Like, that was fun. Yeah, that Seymour was just good. kind of points at it and goes, there you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm ready to be an uncle. Um, it's a weird... Uh, it just seems like a series of scenes tied together, which just, like, nothing, like, connected the first act of the movie to the end, other than the pregnancy. But, like, the... Any type of, um, you know source attention they all get kind of get wrapped up in like 10 minutes 
you know, you think it's like, oh, he's going to a midlife crisis. But he gets over that pretty quick. Um, and then they sell the house. And he, I, th- I was like, oh, well, then that gets resolved again. I was like, no. Ten minutes later, he resolves it. They move back in. It just seems like, um, it didn't seem like a complete story. It just kind of seemed like, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and then uh, eventually um, it ends. Yeah. So, that was kind of, uh, uh, but yeah, definitely funny. Uh, another scene I did laugh at was after, it's, it's all tied to that, the, the sleeping pill from when he takes it to really, when he wakes up from it. That's very funny. Yes. The way it wakes. The way he is woken up from his sleepy pill made me laugh because it's ridiculous that uh, I believe prostate exams just happen in an exam room when you're, <laughs> yeah, getting, they don't, a, when they you're don't. getting a physical. I don't believe you, they have an entire ward they yeah, dedicated. They prostate exam ward. <laughs> but just very funny. To go through these double doors, he is zoned out of his mind and then he just wakes up and he says, What's he yell? Uh, I don't know you. <laughs> He's like tucking in his shirt. I don't uh, know you. That, yeah, that was so funny. Um, yeah, so definitely funnier, but uh, yeah, it just seems a little disjointed for 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 a, a complete movie. And part of it is kind of the format change. Like the the first one, like it starts out with him after the wedding, yeah. in the aftermath of the wedding, mm-hmm. and then talking to the camera. And this one, we don't do that, and they really can't because they don't want to give away that that they're gonna have a baby, right? But kind of would have made. I yeah, like it, it when when we had this whole first movie that shows you the end, not yeah. really like the end, but it shows you the end. Okay, uh, he gets through the thing, gets through the wedding. Yeah. Well, show us what he's getting through, and then just sh- and then show us him getting through it because that's mm. kind of what you did before. But yeah, yeah, and you know we we see him at the beginning and throughout the entire movie, he pretty much has this the the one dilemma. His daughter's getting married, and yeah, he has to pay. He has to figure out how to pay for it. And there's some funny stuff with the planning and doing all that, but really, it's he's not ready to marry off his young daughter. And at the end of the movie, he has to do it. This, yeah, it just went through like it should have just been he wasn't ready to be a grandfather and a new dad. But throwing in the house selling was just like a weird. The whole, it just took yeah. ten minutes of the movie, and I was like, oh, you're just back in the house now. Yeah, the, the whole money thing is a big problem. Yeah. For me. like that really. He sells the house. Yeah. Writes a check for two hundred thousand to buy the house back. Back, yeah. Then puts an addition on the house. Yeah. And is still in awe over his in-laws' house. Yeah. I just hate it. It is. It weird. rubs me the wrong it, way. It, it's much like we, we might never see. So it's like I can't even relate to this because there are no stakes. Yeah. He just wrote a check for a hundred thousand uh, dollars on top of the hundred thousand dollars, you know, for the house back, and that was no problem. And then, yeah, we'll just put an addition, yeah, throw on, addition on, big ass addition, giant mansion, and uh, but you know, he's a sneaker mogul. That's true. But he should never be jealous of what Brian's parents do. Yeah, at you, all. You obviously have money, Steve. You're, you're doing okay. Sidekicks are selling. I mean, huh? he was talking about at one point. He was like, "With the money we'll get back from selling the house, we'll buy a condo." I was like, "Well, you just had an extra hundred thousand dollars buying a condo on a beach." Yeah, <laughs> with the money you get back, I was like, "You already have that money." Yeah, because you were able to tack on an additional hundred grand. Go buy your condo on the beach and save the house. He's, you have both. Gosh. Why not? A vacation property. Um. Yeah. How big was Sidekick supposed to be? 
I have no idea. Yeah. That, that was just a weird little... It was like a mom pop shop. Yeah. yeah. Like, just like a dozen people sewing, but uh, they were popular enough to where like the doctor wore sidekicks. Yeah, and popular enough to where he had, you know, an extra half a million just hanging out in his bank account. Yeah. So... Without cashing... The check. Without cash. Without That's cashing the It has been a couple weeks, and he goes, I haven't even cashed it yet. <laughs> uh, well, you think it was weird that Eugene Levy was back playing a different character? Well, wait, was he in the first one? Yeah, he, he auditions to be the wedding singer. I had no idea. Yeah, he's like a lounge... I'm pretty sure that was Eugene Levy. So, I, yeah, I didn't catch... If he was the lounge singer, yeah. I didn't catch that. Um, I remember the audition... For the lounge singer, but if it was Eugene, I'm not sure. I saw his name in the in the credits opening part two. I'm like, oh, Eugene Levy is going to be in this, and and Jane's been watching that show Shit's Creek. Yeah, and so I've seen a lot of Eugene Levy lately, and then he shows up doing that that role. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? His weird. I don't know if he's supposed to be a Middle Eastern. Yeah, mogul, Mr. Habib. Yeah, but that was that was bizarre. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to... Let's see. All right. Here we go. Eugene Levy, singer at audition. Yeah, so he played... So they brought him back. Brought, brought him back. And I was like, you don't think I was going to remember <laughs> the audition, the wedding singer audition? No, sir. I don't, I don't buy this one bit. It took me out of the movie. Uh, what does this do worse than Father of the Bride 2? Yeah, we always ask the question after I give the answer. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really it. It was uh, usually loving. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we we kind of cover yeah uh, that. Would you like to see a sequel? What is Steve Martin up to now? Still not ready to be a grandfather. Man's seventy eight years old. Probably um, looks the same. No, I I don't need to see a sequel to this. I think I'm done with with the brides. Yeah, I think I just saw that mm-hmm. and she looks exactly the same. So. Good for her. They, they, they both could play uh, a couple in their 40s or 90s. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I think I'm, co- I'm cool. Yeah. I there was a rumor. Uh, so this uh, Nancy Myers uh, produced. Uh, I think she actually gets a writing credit for it. There was talks uh, in the mid-2000s of a possible sequel. Uh, a third installment of Father of Bride where... Uh, uh, Kieran Culkin is uh, getting married, but he is, it's going to be a gay wedding, so kind of a a, a, a woke take on it. But uh, you know now, fought, now C. Martin has to uh, deal with that. But apparently that never got off the ground. Um, I mean, Kieran Culkin's had a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. With um, Succession, mm-hmm. he's great in that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe he could do some you know expand his role a bit. Yeah. Although, um, I don't think he needs it. After how he was treated in Father of the Bride 2, if they come crawling to Kieran Culkin and like, hey, Father of the Bride 3, but you get a bigger role, I, I say he says no. <laughs> he has Steve Martin on his hands and knees begging him to make this movie, and he says, no, I got Secession Season 3 around the corner. <laughs> you and Martin Short, get out of my office. <laughs> Uh, Steve Martin, leave and take this guy. What? Who are you? Yeah, I'm Martin Short. Yeah, you go too. Take Dana Carvey with you. 
What about a remake? A Father of the Bride remake? A modern telling of Father of the Bride? Doesn't need, do, does not need to happen. Yeah. I, this movie's not aged badly enough to need it. I think it still holds up. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, it, yeah it'll work. And I think a lot of the, the struggles of C. Martin in the first one, or even the second one, I... It feels dated. I don't know if you can do a modern 2020 where it's no. just, where he's like throwing the big party, paying for himself. Like, that's not really how weddings... Yeah, it's not, 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 not really... It, it seemed very old-fashioned. And in 2020, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, really. I think... Uh, I don't think the the, the wedding planner is... Yeah. As... as I, th- I think the home... The home the homegrown wedding is a, is far more common these days. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I guess maybe that could be the remake. Is is you gotta handle everything yourself this time. You don't have someone yeah. just telling you what the what what it costs. Uh, but you need that Martin Short character. Okay, so that was in in part two when they do finish the suite uh, and Steve Steve Martin's like, we stick the budget and Franz is like close enough. Close yeah, enough. <laughs> <laughs> tells him to open it after. Uh, maybe after. Yeah, after after he leaves. Close enough, Um. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. Father of the Bride, two. Um, I you know. That, I don't know. You, the, that I don't think scene, I'd be excited to see if the trailer popped up. The the, the scene with the sleeping pills mm-hmm. and that's that physical comedy that happens thus until after the prostate exam. Like that makes the movie for me. Yeah. Um, and that was what I needed that movie to have. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I much preferred part two to part one. Uh And I think it was just because that scene was just so funny to me. I was laughing so hard. Otherwise, they're the same. They're just the same to me. They're just nice movies. Yeah. But that one put two over the top for me. It did. Yeah. I I, I prefer two as well. I think two is the funnier movie. And so this is listed as a comedy. Um, Yeah, they're both very hard. Just, yeah, as as we call them, the the Valentine Candy Hearts of movies. But... Two is more the comedy, so you're gonna get more out of two. I wish the whole movie was that. I wish the whole movie was that. Don't go through the selling the house. It's just Diane Keaton and Kimberly Williams are both present at the same time. Martin Short's there much earlier, and the whole movie is him dealing with two pregnant women leading up to giving birth. Yeah, but, uh, that's really what the movie kicks in. Is is pretty much from yeah. I'll throw in the the jazzercise up to. Sure. Yeah. Delivered babies. Yeah. I enjoyed that so much. Um, yeah. So, no remake. I don't think we need a sequel. Father of the Bride 2, did we need it? Yeah. Yeah, we needed it. Yeah. These are both nothing movies. Very low-calorie movies. Yeah. If you don't see them, you're not missing anything. But if you watch them, you're not going to feel like you wasted no. an hour and a half. Yeah. But I'll say choose the better movie. I think so. So too. if you're gonna watch one of them, you know what? And they're so short. They're the length of an Irishman. <laughs> watch them together. They do flow very nice. They do. Yeah. And they have. You know, I, I did appreciate. Um, uh, you know, in the first movie, the wedding takes place on the coldest day uh, in California history. California history, and then in part two. At one point, it is the hottest day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a nice, nice mirroring that that uh, you know they thought about that. They, they added that little detail in. You know, they carefully make sure that uh, this movie kind of just flows nicely together. So uh, they do. Check them out. Yeah, 
So, if you have thought, if you have more thoughts, I, I feel like we're both just kind of shoulder shrug about this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you have strong feelings about Father Bride 2, let us know. dbtgpodcast.gmail.com or send us a tweet at dbtgpod. If you hate this movie, that'd be interesting. If you if this is your favorite movie or if you hate this movie, I want to hear from you. I want to hear both, yeah. I want to hear the person that's just like, no, I this is the best movie of all time. Uh, and I, I wonder what other movies you've seen. <laughs> uh, we, we got next week already planned out, right? Do we decide? Are we doing Money Pit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're going to do the the Money Pit. It's going to be very fun because I did not know that the Money Pit is a remake of a movie about a man building a dream house. But uh, we're going to watch 1980-something Tom Hanks in the Money Pit. Uh, so you can gear up for that. Um, yeah, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, The Money Pit. Until then, it's been Don't Be That Guy, Guide to Sequel Remix. Steve Martin, how old are you? It's bitchin'. Bitchin'?